Welcome to Security Stories, where we're going to discuss the good, the bad, and the lies that come with being a security guard. Warning, this episode is likely to have inappropriate language and discussions involving violence. It's the end of the quarter, it's the end of the fiscal year, it's the end of the year, it's the end of a contract. Welcome to another episode of Security Stories, where we're going to discuss the end. Let's get down to it. On previous episodes, we've discussed the duties and activities you should take care of when you start a new property or when your property's been extended or that there's been a change in contract. So what happens when you are approaching the end of your quarter, the end of your company's fiscal year or your property's fiscal year, the end of the calendar year, or maybe even your client has decided to end the contract? Really, it's just a thorough repeat of everything you've done at the start of the contract. You're gonna go through, you're gonna walk the property, you're gonna drive the property, you're gonna look at all of your paperwork and evaluate everything. You're gonna take photos, you're gonna do any incident or damage reports that the property has yet to take care of. So for example, let's say there is a damaged fence, some damaged concrete or curvature, a damaged door, maybe some broken lights, broken window, anything that they have not taken care of that you've previously reported. You want to take pictures, redocument it, do a new damage or incident report, and reference the old report. You want to state, if you're able to, when you notice that the damage occurred, how long it's been there, if it was there before your company was hired, and then if it's still there. Now, if you were just documenting it because it's the end of the quarter, the end of the fiscal, or the end of the calendar. The reason for this is come the new season, come in the coming months, you're hoping maybe they address it. Uh, Some properties, they just never will. It is what it is. When it's the end of your contract, you wanna do this for your own company's documentation so they can't come and say, oh, you guys never said this. You can sit there and go, no, 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 no. We've been saying this for months. Okay, you guys have just declined to do anything about it. Sometimes they'll list that as a complaint, as a reason for getting rid of you. Really, there's no need for that. If they just want to get rid of you, they can get rid of you. It's their contract. They can choose to end it. It's up to them. Uh, For example, 
my company and most companies I've noticed, a contract will end with a 30-day notice or after a certain period. Maybe they've hired you on for three months and they renew you every three months or maybe they've hired you on for a full year and at the end of every year they determine whether or not they need to renew your contract. And that's very often. These renewals are important because that's where your company kind of puts in a little bit of leverage of saying, okay, well, hey, you know, we've been dealing with this X number of stuff. You know, we've had so many shoplifting incidents. We've had so many incidents of vandalism, vagrancy on the property, property damage, theft, assaults, etc., etc. The company, your operations manager, your general manager, whoever is in charge of negotiating the contract can then state, due to these dangers or due to the X number of incidents, we would like a pay raise for our security guards on site. Uh, we need more money to continue operating on your property. Or in the case of no pay increase, maybe they want more hours. Let's say you're on a property and it's a two hour site. And you go, hey, during this two hours, this is what we document. We recommend you hire us on for longer. Here's complaints we're receiving from this store, that store, this person, that person. These are the reports that our guards are sending in you know, we recommend more hours. And sometimes a property owner or management company will hire you on based on those recommendations. Sometimes with no pay raise, sometimes with a pay raise, but it all really depends on your documentation. So if the contract's coming to a close, and obviously you're gonna be really thorough about your final reports, redocumenting everything, pictures, video, etc. How do you conduct yourself on the property knowing that the contract's ending? The answer is obvious. Be professional. Maintain that professionalism. You don't know why they had to end the contract. You don't know if it's a financial issue. You don't know if you guys actually did too good a job and they think everything's fine now. Quite frankly, a lot of places will not hire security unless they absolutely have to. And that's usually when they're getting complaints from their tenants, from the stores that are renting on their lot, people who work there, etc. Places that'll hire security when there's no problems are places like HOAs, colleges and universities, uh, High-end areas, you know, what you might consider a gentrified area or just a well-off, well-earning kind of place. And it's not because anything's wrong. They're doing it for the image. So to them, their property brings in enough revenue and brings in a certain level of clientele that they will hire you just because of presence, just because of how it appears. And this is for the sake of their customers. They want people to see, oh, hey, look, they have security. Not only is this a nice place, it's a safe place. I want to shop here. I want to work here. I want to take my kids here, my friends and family. We can just hang out here. It's really maintained. It's well taken care of, and they have security. In some cases, it's also insurance. Uh, some people, businesses, can have their insurance rates uh, be lower just by having security cameras and security gates and security guards on property because now it's viewed as safer. But regardless, those are the places that are just gonna hire security because of image, not because there's anything wrong. And you'll sometimes find out that 
If your company did a really good job of clearing the problem off the property, the property suddenly thinks, well, hey, thanks. Thanks for doing such a great job. We don't need you anymore. And that's the wrong call because issues that affect a property are not just the property, but also the area. So let's say you've got a property where vagrancy is high, shoplifting is high, drug deals are high. They're using that property because no one's stopped them before. No one's told them to leave. You know, no one's gotten in their way. And all of a sudden they hire security and off-duty cops and suddenly police presence is higher because of 911 calls or online reports. Suddenly stores have loss prevention and so on. So now the place has become inconvenient. So they leave and they go down the road. But they're always watching. You know, they're waiting to see, hey, what's security schedule? Are they off at certain times? Are they only working certain days? Or, oh, hey, they're finally gone. And then they move right back in. So, you know, you'll usually advise, hey, don't get rid of security. Maybe reduce the presence. Maybe reduce the hours. But don't ever actually just fully get rid of them. Because then when they see the security vehicles aren't there, the guy doing foot patrols is no longer there. You know, they start to think, well, we can just move right back in. And they do. And sometimes that actually makes things worse. Uh, sometimes I, you know, I've seen properties where they've hired us on. You know, we've got a full team there, roving patrols, foot patrols. You know, even got a security operations center on site because they got a little closet where they put all their security cameras in and they'll have security watching that. And everything gets cleared off and they say, okay, we're done with this contract. You know, we'll just have one of our maintenance employees watch the cameras from time to time whatever and then the locals realize we're gone they move right back in but they don't move in quietly per se uh, sometimes they move in kind of heavy they're like hey we're gonna reclaim this place this is ours and for those of you that have been working security for a little while you'll start to notice that sometimes it's kind of like uh, playground rules schoolyard rules you know if we have enough people we can be king of this castle you know, they're not going to do anything. We'll get dug in like ticks. And then they're going to have to have actual law enforcement presence. And depending on the state of your city or your area, maybe that law enforcement presence is just not readily available. Maybe they're dealing with, with worse stuff in the area. So you could have, you know, vagrant encampments or local drug dealers who just, they're suddenly they're already back and they're back in force. And you'll have maybe a store manager will go out to go talk to them like, hey, get off of here. And they've got no backup. There's no security, they didn't call the cops. And all of a sudden, the store manager is getting his ass whooped. And we've seen it a few times, you know, convenience stores, malls, just where employees go out to go say, hey, get out of here. And they do it by themselves. They don't have backup. They're not thinking in a security mindset. They're thinking in a customer service mindset. And it backfires, uh, sometimes violently. So for businesses that hire security on property management and so forth, sure you can reduce your security uh, because then you can always adapt and be like oh hey the problem's getting worse we need more security on site and hire more on but once you get rid of it you're still combating that area even if security and if they've gone that extra step and hired off-duty police and fixed the property they didn't fix the area you know your whole intersection could be bad except your little corner of it because you have it so well maintained and so well observed 
As weird as it is, unless you somehow fix your entire area, once you've had to hire security, you're basically stuck with it. So looping back to professionalism, if they end up having more problems, they want to remember you and your company as professionals. If you leave on a bad note, they'll find a different company to hire, maybe Securitas or Allied. Now, I have not worked for Securitas. I did briefly work for Allied, and it's not that they're an unprofessional company, and in fact, I am quite impressed with their online learning program. Uh, that has its own issues, you know, about retention of knowledge, but they have, you know, clean uniforms, clean vehicles, learning programs, but they don't pay their employees very well because they need bodies. They're a very large company, yes, but in order to pay for everything that they have, they don't exactly pay their employees well, at least in my experience and in quite a few people I've talked to's experience, they just fill a slot. A lot of their guys are cogs. There's not a whole lot of room for advancement unless it's a very large contract where you have like a whole team working. And in fact, I've seen some allied contracts uh, that pay maybe a quarter, 50 cents above minimum wage. And if that's all they're paying you to work security, uh, you're doing yourself a disservice as I've talked about previously. You know, do not do security on the cheap. The job does have an inherent level of danger, even if you are working, you know, at a desk. It's your job to interact with people. But the purpose of saying all of that is that they will find another company. Maybe you are working for Allied or Securitas or another large company, uh, but maybe you're working for a small company. And again, my experience, smaller companies do tend to pay more because you have a little bit more negotiating leverage. And they fill the smaller contracts that larger companies won't necessarily touch because there's just not a lot of money in it. But just because, let's say you are getting paid well and your company does treat its employees right, that doesn't mean that they can't find a cheaper security company out there. There is always a company willing to underbid just to take a contract in hopes that they can negotiate for higher prices later. So if they do get rid of your company and then realize they made a mistake and they need to hire you guys back, you want to leave on good terms and you want the businesses to remember you. And another reason for that is that sometimes, let's say you're working a plaza, the plaza ends the contract, but the stores themselves that are on that plaza recognize that, no, we still need security. And sometimes the stores themselves will hire your company because you're a face they know. They know your work ethic. They know how professional you are. They know how you guys handle things. And I've had that happen, working on a plaza where they got rid of us. They went with a cheaper company. Uh, funny enough on that one, it was because we did too many reports. Uh, the property management and the owner were tired of seeing reports every day. <sighs> Not our fault. Unfortunately, they had a lot of issues in that area. And our job is to be the eyes and ears. Your job is to observe and report. In addition, any other duties that your company might have or the contract might have you have doing for them. I don't really believe that. I think they just kind of want, you know, they wanted to go with a cheaper company, something that kept more money in their pocket, and that's part of the game. You know, that happens all the time. Not just in the security field, mind you, but in every field. 
if they can find someone willing to do the same job for cheaper, they'll do it. Unless for some reason they like what you're doing and they're willing to pay for it or they recognize that going on the cheap is not a good thing. I've also seen where my company lost a contract because they went with someone cheaper and the cheaper company, because they were getting paid less, did less. What's that uh, new saying running around these days? Act your wage. Well, those security guards are. They're not getting paid to do the same things we were doing. They're getting paid a lot less. So they did a lot less. And I can't blame those guards for that. I can't blame that company for that. Yeah, they did snipe a contract from us, but they got it on the cheap and they're doing less work with it. No blame whatsoever. If you're not getting paid to handle certain things, don't do it. But businesses do need to realize that sometimes that cheaper cost does come with less work, less presence, less bling. And going back to that one that we lost, the company that they went with did not provide security vehicles for that cheaper cost. Their employees walked around on foot, their employees drove to that site in their personally owned vehicle, they clocked in when they got on site. Whereas my company, we clock in when we get to the office, we dispatch a vehicle, we're on the clock, we drive to the property. There was no checking in, there's no dispatch, there's no nothing, we're already on the clock before we even get to the site. So the moment we're a foot on that site, we're ready to go. Already in uniform, in a security vehicle, ready to move. Their guys, they have to get ready. They show up, there's a little uh, office that they go check into, they're not ready when they get there. It's just something that provides, in my opinion, a difference. Uh, it also has less danger for the security guard working because the locals then know what your personally owned vehicle looks like. They know your license plate. They know what you drive around town. What have we talked about before? You have to remember 20,000 faces, they have to remember one. You don't want the locals that you're interacting with in a negative capacity to know what your personally owned vehicle looks like, if you, if you can help it because maybe they spot you at a gas station down the road after you just kicked them off a property. Maybe they wanna have some words with you, so to speak. Another thing that goes into that cost, we didn't clock out once we were done with the site. We drive back to the office in our company vehicle, file our paperwork away, give our report to our supervisor on shift, turn in our cameras, turn in our gear if we have to, and then we clock out. And that's a cost that goes on to the contract that we got an extra half an hour just for travel time, and the new guys did not. Saved uh, the property management there a little bit of money, as well as the lower contract cost, of course. And again, act your wage, right? So the guys that took over for us, they didn't have the same access to the photos, the reports that we had. We're not gonna turn those over. Those are ours. We're not gonna make the new guy's job easy. Just like if we're taking over for somebody, they're not gonna make our job easy. So they have to start from scratch and they're gonna do a lot less, right? Cause they're getting paid less, which means they're not gonna be filing the same level of reports. They're also gonna have a disadvantage when it comes to dealing with the locals cause they have to learn everything that we learned. So that's one of those things that you can use in negotiation. Not necessarily you, but your supervisor, your operations manager, etc., who's gonna be negotiating that contract. And sometimes a business will recognize, oh, well, instead of going with this cheaper company, let's stick with who we know, what we know, their level of work ethic, their level of organization, their level of records keeping, because the new company might have a whole different system. And so I've also seen where 
my company, whatever I happen to be working for at the time, has gotten contracts back because the company they hired to replace us, though cheaper, didn't have the same level of work that we did, didn't do things the way we did. And why would they? They're getting paid less. That means they do less. Maybe you'll get a uh, super go-getter who starts doing things that's beyond their wage. Maybe they even start working off the clock at home to do crime reports and look up things on court websites or the local jail off the clock. Maybe you got that guy. And to that guy, hey man, I appreciate that work ethic. I really do. Go, go work for a different company. Go get yourself a better contract because you're doing more than you should be doing. So yeah, definitely maintain that professionalism. You know, when you go to leave, you also wanna have that positive relationship with the stores, not just say the plaza that you're working on, right? If, if that is the contract you have, if you're working for say a hospital or a college, you know, that's a whole different story. But the professionalism that you have with the local stores, if you are on a plaza or a mall or things like that, could land you another contract. And that's what this is all really about, right? You need to earn a paycheck. You need a wage. So is your business. So why would you not try to improve things for your business and hopefully you? And if you're putting in all that extra effort and it's not amounting to anything, well, maybe find a new security company. Because that's what it's all about is your paycheck. Let's say you're on the end of your contract. They give in their 30 day notice. At the end of the month, you don't work for them anymore. And I get it. You've had a really bad property manager, a really bad property owner, a landlord, whoever it is that runs your property, runs your contract that you're working on. And they're just awful. They're a nightmare to work for. It is really tempting to take those last 30 days and just relax do nothing not do your work right nothing to report on all your shift logs you didn't see anything and i get that i really do it is super tempting when you have someone you hate working for they never fix anything they never repair anything they're letting the property crumble they're running it like a slumlord and they're throwing everything on you or they're trying to get you to do things that are outside the scope of your contract or outside the scope of your capability, or that puts you at risk. I remember one I dealt with, they got angry at us for not hopping over a fence to pursue someone. And I'm just like, yeah, we're not doing that. For two reasons. One, well, three reasons actually. For one, <laughs> uh, it's outside the scope of the contract. We're not getting paid any kind of extra wage to climb up buildings, to climb over fences, to go on the roof, if you're doing something like that, you need to be getting paid extra for it, okay? Because there's a hazard to doing that. Uh, two, hopping over a fence could put yourself at risk. What if you fall? Break an arm, break a leg, break your neck. Who's paying for that? Not them. Maybe not even your company. You chose to take a risk at the request of an idiot who's running your contract, right? Don't do it. And third, in this case, the uh, fence they wanted us to hop over was a rotting wooden fence that I'm a bigger guy. I got, you know, some muscle, I got some weight to me, all right? And we had quite a few bigger guys 
even some uh, plump individuals, as it were. And hopping over that fence, they're gonna snap that thing in two. It's gonna crumble the moment they try to hop it. Even for our lightest guy, you know, 100 pounds soaking wet, hopping over that fence probably would have broken the moment he tried to do it. Yeah, we're not doing that. And that fence wasn't even uh, the property owner's property. It was an adjacent property's fence. So let's say we don't get hurt. Let's say the fence, you know, doesn't hurt us or get damaged. Now we're hopping onto someone else's property that didn't hire us into who knows what. We don't know what's on the other side of that fence. Now, if you've been exploring beyond your perimeter, maybe you do know what's on the other side of that fence. And that's another reason for you to not go over there. You know it's dangerous, but let's say you don't. You don't know what's on the other side of that fence. You don't know if the guy you were chasing, whatever you're pursuing, has 10 buddies waiting for him. So yeah, screw that. And they got angry with us for it, and we had to point out, hey, that area is beyond the bounds of our perimeter, okay? No one is in danger. There's no exigent circumstances, besides the fact that we're not law enforcement. Why are we hopping this fence? For what? To go chase some guy? Hey man, sometimes they get away, okay? You do want to intercept. You do want to try and get them, as we've talked about in previous uh, podcasts, but your safety is paramount, okay? If you get a bad feeling about it, don't do it. And if it's not in your contract, you're not getting paid for it, don't do it. And, you know, you're sometimes going to make property managers angry by you just refusing. But sometimes it's better to let a bad contract go. And after you have, it's the next guy's problem. And sometimes, like we said, is maybe one of the stores hires you on. I had another one where a store did try to hire us on, but their senior management declined because they said, you know what, security's for outside the building. We don't need security inside our store or in front of our store. That's for the property to deal with. They didn't want to deal with it themselves, and that's understandable. They've got their own internal things. They've got their own company policies on how they handle things, right? whether that's right or wrong. They have their own way of doing things, and so sometimes you don't get hired. But I can tell you some things that stores will do is that when the new company takes over, if they are worse than you are, <laughs> again, you want to try to be as good as you can be, but if they are worse than you are, they'll start making complaints. Like, hey, this new company you hired is trash. And on that particular site where we got replaced, one of the uh, store managers reached out to me because they had our phone numbers, right? Which is another good thing for maintaining a positive relationship. So you can also finally get them to leave you guys alone when you're no longer working for them. Just be like, hey, we don't work for you guys anymore. Don't call our number anymore. Some of them, they uh, will do it anyway. But... They said, hey, this company that replaced you guys, they got terminated because every store on the plaza uh, was making complaints about them because they were basically do-nothings. We're like, oh, okay, well, maybe we'll approach the property management again and ask if they want to hire us on. Well, they declined because they still wanted somebody cheaper. They just went slightly more expensive than the really cheap one they had just replaced us with. And the new company was not much better, but hey, that's their decision and that's their problem to deal with, unfortunately. But I do get it. Bad property management, bad property owner, heck, bad maintenance on the property that you have to deal with. It's really tempting to just screw them over and really coast those last 30 days. But for your own professionalism, your own ethic, don't. All right, it maybe could potentially help you, but it also keeps you in that right mindset for when you go to your next contract. 
because once you start doing it with one, it's you're going to really start tempting yourself to do it with all of them. Even if you're not going to lose a contract, you're like, well, I was lazy on this one contract. Maybe I can be lazy on the next one. Nope, you're there. You're getting paid to do a job. Do that job. And if your company walks away because it's just a pain to deal with, hey, man, hope you find a better contract. And, you know, usually you will. Uh, in my own experience, my company tries to get rid of bad contracts and get us safer ones, uh, ones where you're not dealing with as many issues. And the ones that we are dealing with issues, they fight for us to get pay raises at the end of every year. And sometimes it works, or sometimes we get more hours. And that's just what it is what it is, you know? So just be as professional as you can be. Don't let that temptation get in there to say, you know, fuck the last 30 days. Just keep doing the best that you're capable of doing with what you got. And hopefully it works out. Hopefully you get more money out of it. Hopefully they extend the contract. And if they don't, that's okay. You know, you move on, you'll get a better contract, a different contract, you'll learn something new about a new site. You know, don't let attachment to a site, just because there might be some cool people on that site, get in the way of you earning more money while you're doing your job. Because at the end of the day, it's just a job. You know, nobody there is really your friend. Yeah, you can have a cool relationship with some of the property managers or maybe some of the store managers, but you're there to earn a paycheck. So you've done your final reports, you've done your final documentation, you're maintaining that positivity and that professionalism on your final 30 days. What's something you need to remember? If there's anything that you've put on that property that belongs to your company or belongs to you personally that you've used to make your life on that site easier, whether that's signage you've put up, whether that's uh, mobile portable security cameras or alarms, Anything that you put on that property that made your life easier, that made it easier for you to detect people that you're trying to go after, made it easier to alert yourself or your fellow security guards to issues on the property, remove it. You guys put that on as part of your company or you personally to make your life easier. Do not make the next guy's life easier. They need to figure that out on their own, okay? That's something you paid for or your company paid for that made things better on your property. Whether that's simply putting down no trespassing signs in areas where you were constantly having problems, and you'll get a constant, constant retort of, oh, I didn't know I wasn't allowed to be here. I didn't know I wasn't allowed to do this. There's no sign, so you guys put up signs. You're having an issue where people are constantly trying to break into a certain area or hang out in a certain area, so you put a portable alarm or a portable security camera whether it's yours or whether it's your company's, whatever the case may be, remove it. Use it on the next site. If it's not usable anymore, don't leave it up. Maybe it has your logo on it. You know, just don't make the next guy's life easier. Don't link them into things that you've been doing. That's a signature for you or a signature for your company that you guys do that's different than everybody else, okay? That is the next guy's problem to deal with. For me personally, I have utilized portable alarms and radios or little uh, laser kind of detectors where basically if somebody walks by it, it pings you or a device you have it lets you know, hey, there's movement back there or someone's back there. Maybe you have a portable speaker. I've used those a few times where 
you know, you've something's tripped, you take that portable speaker and you get on the radio and you're just like, hey, private property, blah, 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 get off. Well, then you or someone you're working with is en route to that back area. Or maybe you don't even say anything. You know, you've got something that alerts you to a presence back there. And maybe you just want to sneak up quietly because you know the history of your property. You know the problems it's facing. You don't want to alert to how the locals are now aware of how you got back there, right? Because if they define the devices that you're using, they're going to steal them or break them, whatever. Because they're there to do what they want to do and try to get you not to intervene. So if they find devices that you're using or devices that the property is using, it's not uncommon for them to take a pole or a rock and smash a security camera or a speaker box or an alarm. Heck, they'll even try to break lights that aren't caged up just to make the area darker so people can't see what they're doing. So definitely use your tools to your advantage, but don't leave them behind. Even if it's something benign like a sign, you guys put it up, you take it down. It's not for the next guy to use. It's not for that property to use, so long as you're the ones that put it up. And that's where we'll end this episode. I hope I've given you something to think about if you're coming up on the end of the year or if you're coming up on the end of a contract. Take care of yourself, take care of your property, and take care of your paycheck. If you'd like to support this podcast, you can do so through Anchor's listener support. And as always, stay safe out there and have a happy new year.